The energy supports increased emotional strength and intuition to overcome any challenges related to unbalanced exchange of energies. We will also see the divine feminine energies rising drastically to bring balance to the divine feminine and divine masculine energies on earth. And that's the update in the last little bit from the same person. Well, while we're waiting for uh, Amina to show up, <clears throat> let me start asking uh, uh, Rama some questions about uh, who he's talked to. And then if we get uh, Amina gets here and uh, we have uh, our Vinayak, we'll have them uh, chime in then. And a little later, we'll just have a little bit different order. Is that okay, Is Rama? Sue with us? Is Angel Sue with us tonight? Yes, she did the... Uh, she was to do the opening here. Well, she didn't do the opening yet, Marita. I know. I I, I can't see her. Angel I Sue, are you still that. here? Yes, I am. Hi. Okay. Well, if you're here, why don't we why don't we start the call with your meditation? Okay. Oh, I'm just gonna chop it quick to the law of one. And so knowing about the law of one and how it brings us into our true divinity as gods and goddesses, the children of Father and Mother God, claiming that divinity, thinking about what's going on for yourself and for the people that you claim the beings that you feel close to, thinking about all the anniversaries and the birthdays and special occasions, all the advancements, thinking about what challenges that you know people are going through people and beings and situations, places on the earth, the challenges. And knowing that as we take our stand as being Owati, one with all there is, that we can hold this moment through our intentions, that joy, grace, peace and harmony, that these wonderful blessings of the 1212 portal that are being released, the remembering of all that we have learned through this lifetime and others. We could call for that divine happiness for all of us, for the perfect divine solutions for everything that we face, that this planet can be held in supreme joy and healing. That the veils can be so that we no longer are separated 
as we are at this time. And that we can blend these many beautiful dimensions into a beautiful paradise, heaven on earth. So we call in all those beings associated with us and all those that we are linked into as the one being with Nasara with our faction three white knights and our galactic forces of light for all circumstances, all creation, to find this wonderful, wonderful uniting with the divine. And so we welcome those beings in the light of God that never, never fails. The light of the most radiant one. We welcome them in the office of the Christed ones. We welcome them as we invoke the loving energies throughout all time and space from the violet flame and Saint Germain And with this, we say, we are all one. And as one is harmed, then all are harmed. And we're choosing for all to be helped, to be healed. So we are the one to be helped and healed. As the oneness. And we, in the name of who we are, and we are one with all there is, we're asking that the highest good of all concerned happen here. And we give thanks that this is done through all space and time and all dimensions and kingdoms. And in the office of the Christ, our thanks are that this is done, and so be it. And with this, I pass the talking stick back. Well, thank you, Angel Sue. We're glad that you could be here with us, and we have a very good guest tonight, uh, Johnny Barnett. He's a uh, an astrologer, but he is going to talk to us about chakraology. Uh, he relates the chakras to our uh, energy centers, and uh, it's a very interesting way to understand some of it and makes it uh, simple. He lectures all around the country, and uh, I met him at the conference that uh, I attended, uh, the Energy Medicine Conference, and uh, uh, wanted to have him on as a guest. So he's to be here our second hour, and we're already... Um, 38 minutes into the first hour and haven't got started yet. So uh, we have a very good guest the second hour. Um, it's Johnny Barnett, and he's a chakra, uh, or he's a, um, going to do uh, astrology, but he's uh, relating, uh, he calls it chakraology because he's relating it 
the planets to our chakras and that's so that's what we'll begin at 10 o'clock uh, in about 15 minutes um i guess the best thing we can do right now is just to uh, amina we haven't heard from you and we'll just kind of do uh, updates and uh and then rama if there's anything the most important things that that uh, you've heard and then we'll try to stay on track on time with our guest tell us the most important things that that you've heard or that you know are going on here uh and we'll try to stay on time here on the hour for our guest okay um how about we tell what happened yesterday and then go to today and leave it okay yes I have it written out, Rita, so this will be probably the fastest way. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Yep. <laughs> Who's there? This is Elmina. Oh, good, Elmina. So we're listening. We're, we're going to report on what Rama learned yesterday now. Okay. Early this afternoon today, yesterday, <laughs> I received a call from Sibel Edmonds. Just to remind everybody, she's the most gag person in history. She was hired by the FBI on six days later after 9-11. And she was hired to transcribe a letter that Saddam Hussein's son wrote in Farsi. And she knows how to do that, so she transcribed it. And see, that uh, the son sent the uh, letter to... Russia, and then Russia sent it to Condoleezza Rice in the United States. So Sibel Edmonds transcribed it, and what the son of Saddam Saint said is that within a month, give or take a few days, and this was on August 6th, there will be... Uh, what year? 2001. 2001. Okay. So there will be... Uh, you know, uh, a 9-11, if you want to put it that way. You know, I don't know what the language was in the letter, but he said there will be a 9-11 and it will probably be in New York City. How close can you get, you know? And Condoleezza Rice completely covered the whole thing up, denied it, lied about it, everything. So they were very upset with... Sibel Edmonds, to say the least. <clears throat> and she did a lot of other transcriptions, too, because she speaks a number of other languages. But anyway, so she got gagged to the teeth, you might say, by Ashcroft, John Ashcroft. And he went all the way back to the 1800s to find a, real, a law that could really make it so. So then she, so Sibel said to me, Lord Rama, while the impeachment proceedings are moving forward, um, can you all hear me well? Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Good. All right. Just let me get this out of the way here. While the uh, impeachment free proceedings are moving forward, the ancient stories of our past are coming to the light of day. I have seen one of the ancient resurrection chambers. It is made of solid gold with monoatomic gold in it. It is the size of King Tut's sarcophagus. As one gets into this resurrection chamber, a wave of static electricity is passed through the chamber and you by the technician. And it's passed through head to toe. 
it takes about five minutes and you are 30 years younger. This is going to be forthcoming as, as full disclosure occurs, as well as Nasara enacted and peace is declared on the earth. Then I asked Sibel at this point, are there more of these? And Sibel answered, as these three things are done, you know, the full disclosure, the Nasara enactment and the peace declared, there will be millions of starships that will land across the planet and they will bring more of these resurrection chambers now that being said this is a very 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 high energy and we have to speak to this because there's all kinds of timelines when yugas are beginning and yugas are ending and stuff and this is called intervention and this happened one time before and it was at the end of the What's the name of that yuga? The Tetra. The Tetra yuga, which is the one before the Kali yuga. Yes. So that was, you know, a yuga is 20, a galactic time is 26,826 year cycle. And so this happened, and of course, it happened in the previous age of Aquarius, which was 26,826 years ago. Plus, just behind that, meaning it was the last 2,000 years, the age of Aquarius, before this yuga started, 26,000 blah, blah, blah years ago. So, okay, so I called, this is today's report. I called Leonara today, and just to remind everybody, Leonara is 20,000 years in that body. And she works at this holographic library of the entire history of the 26,000 beyond. It's all holographic library. You can't go in there unless you've got permission. Rama's been in there and he's seen all yeah. those things. It's outrageous. Okay, so uh, I called Leonardo today, actually early this afternoon. She said to me, Lord Rama, all these ancient stories go back to the great year cycle which is the yuga we're just speaking about, the 26,826-year cycle, and that Barbara Hanclow, as well as Carl Callaman, has been talking about this. In the past, great year cycle or yuga, at the last 2,000 years of it, uh, and the last golden age of Aquarius, Mother Sekhmet came in and intervened then. Yes. That means she brought in Nibiru. Yes. And uh, just as a very important thing, because Nibiru operates in there in the orbit, it operates at a right angle of every other orbit that our nine planets are in. And we got more than that, but that's not all they're talking about right now. But anyway, so. Uh, our physical sun went through a great transfiguration back in the last age of Aquarius then. And now we're going through it again. Why? Because there's in, 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 um, there's uh, intervention. Yes. Because we're at that place where the violation of the prime directive is happening in a huge way. So... 
all the esoteric scientists and esoteric astronomers know all about this. And they know our bodies originally made of plasma are are being affected by this intervention with this higher light coming in. And the reason that that's happening earlier than necessary is because these fallen angels 10,000 years ago, they intentionally genetically engineered our food. And as a result, over time, that genetically engineered food affected our DNA. So they genetically engineered our DNA by that method. And what that caused is that the etheric physical light body of its original plasma state was compromised Hmm. big time. Again, which they intentionally did so they could program us and make slaves out of the whole human race. In other words, this has got to do with the original story of the Great Fall, where one-third of all the angels decided they were going to create polarity and go to war. That was where it was got. That happened 450 billion years ago. And as a result, all these war games have caused a really extreme imbalance. I mean, they blew up an entire constellation at one point called Ophiuchus. And we're in that constellation, traveling through it, because it was reconstituted from its etheric blueprint by Lord Metatron. Yes. Okay, Marita. There's a lot of stuff that we could share, but maybe... Right. Well, we'll wait and see. Maybe we'll do it afterwards if if there's something that you think is really we should do. Johnny is with us. Johnny? Uh, Johnny, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? We can. You can speak up a little bit to make sure we uh, come in loud and clear. Um, We have a special guest tonight, Johnny Barnett. I met him at the... uh, energy medicine conference I attended recently and he's an astrologer but does uh, is going to help us understand he does something called chakraology um, he has a book uh, that we'll talk about later but he's relating the chakras and the planets so Johnny where would you like to start What what's a good way to begin here maybe um just talking about chakras and planets and, and why they're okay. related. <laughs> the, well. uh, <laughs> a lot of people uh, kind of don't, don't see it that way today because in modern astrology, we have 10 planets. And for years, I was asked, you know, which, what I thought the relationship was between the chakras and the planets. And having you know, seven chakras, seven main chakras, and ten planets, it was always confusing until I realized that the the seven visible planets, and that would be the Sun, the Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, the seven visible planets correspond with those seven main chakras in the body, and then it all made sense. Right, and so the, the seven visible planets operate differently than the three 
not invisible, but you need a telescope to see them. You cannot see them with your own eyes. So Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto would represent purely spiritual influences. Or you could say chakras up above the crown. You know, many people say there are multiple chakras. Um, but my work is focused mainly on those seven main chakras, and they appear in one's chart as the seven planets. And so when I'm reading a, a person's chart, doing an astrological reading, I am seeing their chakras. So, so Johnny? Yeah. This is Tara. Uh, as far as I know, most people don't consider the sun and the moon a planet. They consider them the sun and the moon. And then right. they start describing the planets starting with Mercury. I was just curious why you call them planets. Yeah, actually, the, the ancient Greek uh, word from which we get the word planet means roughly means body of light moving around the sky. And so in the ancient Greek, and of course our astrology comes from ancient Greece, uh, in ancient Greek, a planet would include the sun and the moon. But of course, you know, everyone knows, including the ancient Greek astrologers, knew that the sun and the moon were not planets in the same sense that Mercury and Mars and Venus are. It's just a different definition. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so continue, Commander. Didn't mean to <laughs> Well, let's see. Where where are we? Um, we're talking about the relationship. So the the idea is in the in the ancient world is all of your sevens do correspond with one another. So we have the seven days of the week, which happen to be named after those seven celestial bodies up in the sky, the sun, Sunday, the moon, Monday, uh, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they're also related to the gods and goddesses of Greek mythology for whom the planets were named. Or, or was it the, the, gods and go the planets were named after the gods and goddesses? We don't know um, how it originated, but the, the fact of the matter is they have the same names, and that's not accidental because the, the qualities of these planets, as described in astrology, fits the character and personalities of the gods and goddesses that we read about in mythology. And so you realize that mythology and astrology are actually inseparable. They are companions. And so you start to you start to correlate your seven days of the week and your seven colors of the rainbow and your seven planets and your seven chakras and you know there there are books that list seven alchemical steps from transmuting lead into gold. There's a, you just seven is of course everywhere in the ancient world and there's a reason for that so the reason for that as you would say is just the fact that that these are all all sevens um well the the reason why they're all sevens, the, the, the reason for that is you know getting a little bit into the 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 fun geeky part of this is the math <laughs> and when you take a a circle with 360 degrees you it is divisible 
by every number except seven. And what I mean is, um, you know, four goes into 369 times and three goes into 360, 120 times and nine goes into 360, 40 times. You, but when you try to divide by seven, you come up with uh, an infinite number. In other words, uh, you get 51.42 on and on and on to infinity. And so if you, if you, if you did this on a calculator, if you did this by pencil, you, you would see that you would never stop working out the, uh, the rest of that uh, number. It would just go on forever. And so you, you see that seven has a different quality to it than every other number. In, uh, and when I say number, I'm counting one through nine, the, the nine digits. Mm-hmm. All of our so yeah, so seven has a special place uh, in esoteric lore. It has a special place in you know even today we we talk about lucky seven. You know uh, the the dice that we uh, roll, every opposite side of the dice adds up to seven. Like there's a one opposite of six, there's a three opposite of four, and there's a two opposite of five. So you see the lucky seven showing up in modern culture uh, as remnants of this this ancient wisdom. Whatever started you on this journey to figure this out? <laughs> well, I, uh, I was about to become a father 27 and a half years ago and, um, and was looking for answers to life's bigger questions. And a friend, friend of mine uh, at the gym said that uh, he could do astrology charts, and he'd be he'd be glad to look at my chart to help give me some answers and some guidance. And I took him up on it, and I was just simply amazed by the amount of information this guy could get from a piece of paper with funny symbols drawn all over it in lines. And I just. Uh, kept pestering him with questions week after week after that at the gym. And one day he finally said, you know, Johnny, if you want to learn astrology, just start doing people's charts. And so that's what I did uh, a little over 27 years ago. And then when did you uh, start putting the chakras and the planets together? When, when did you have that insight? Yeah, that was, um, February 2011. So I'd, I'd been an astrologer for uh, many years at that point, been studying for, for a long time. But the, the question about the chakras had always been in the back of my mind because people would ask me, like I, like I said earlier, people would always ask me what I thought the relationship was. And uh, it wasn't until 2011 I actually stumbled upon a sound healer uh, she had a, a website and a video on her website where she talked about using the different notes on the piano for different chakras because, she said, as you know, there are seven white notes on the piano. And mm-hmm. like, dang, there's that seven again. And then she, she said, and there also have to be seven octaves on the piano. 
And I was, that just blew me away. I was just, just like, dang, those sevens are everywhere. And I started, <laughs> so, started running through all those sevens. And that's when I remembered that in Vedic astrology, they still to this day only use the seven. And then I realized, oh, I got it. Those seven that they use in the Vedic are the same seven that we use in the West. And uh, it all made sense at that point. It's like, isn't it interesting? We can have all these things right in front of us. And until we have that aha, um, Mm -hmm. we just, you know, we just take it for granted or we we just don't uh, analyze it or think about it until uh, until you have that big aha. Right, right. And I've had so many of those, especially since I've started seeing life through the sevens um, and through the chakras and, and through the ruling planets for different signs. Um, I'm, I'm seeing things that are, have been right in front of our faces our entire lives, but no one's ever pointed them out. And so I take a, a great deal of pleasure in bringing some of those to light for people because uh, it, it you know, changed my life. It's made me see the wonder and the, the symmetry and the beauty and the grace of the universe. And uh, it's, it's right in front of our faces. Well, you did take time to put it into a book, uh, Chakras, Mythology, and Astrological Symbolism. So that's something that uh, people might want to go find. Uh, how, how, will they, how would they find that if they want to uh, uh, check that out? Well, if you want a, a hard paper copy, uh, I mean a real, <laughs> a real physical book, um, the easiest way is to go to my website, which is chakraology.org, and there's a link there to, to get a book. Now, if you want to buy it from Amazon, you can go onto Amazon, but uh, it'll cost you more. And uh, if you want to go with uh, an electronic version, the Kindle version, you, you go through Amazon as well to do that. Otherwise, they can just go to your website. Yeah, just go to my website, and you can PayPal me uh, the cost of the book, and I will put it in the mail and send it to you. And, of course, that's for people in the United States. If you are uh, overseas, um, Amazon or Kindle are going to be your best bets. Okay. So how can we uh, give people some ideas about some practical things that – um, they could begin to use, or I guess I should just let you go and, and quit asking questions. <laughs> no, 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 no. I like these questions. I like these questions. So, um, well, I remember um, we looked at your chart, Marita, and uh, I'm going to see if I can pull it up here. And um, When we were at this conference, um, Johnny gave a lecture, and then uh, we had a workshop and everybody in the workshop, he had uh, done their charts, had the charts all in his computer. So that's how he actually taught the course, uh, was um, uh, using our charts. So, Yeah, and, and so just to illustrate, and, and if it's okay, Marita, if I share some of your astrological information, like your sun sign and your moon sign and, and your rising okay. sign. Okay. 
<laughs> I've been on here long enough. They they know pretty much who I am anyway, I guess. Okay. Well, here we go, folks. Uh, Marita happens to be a Capricorn. And so what, what that means chakralogically is that the ruling planet for Capricorn, which happens to be Saturn, is going to correspond with the third chakra. And so we're going to know right off the bat that Marita, a good part of Marita's experience in this lifetime is going to be focused on third chakra issues. And so, you know, if she were a, a young girl and um, her parents wanted to encourage her, you know, a, a, upon a path that made sense for her, you know, they would have... Uh, they would have given her, you know, something uh, to be in charge of, something to put together and hold together, because that is Saturn and the third chakras. Um, one of their primary functions is tying it all together, keeping it all together, packaging your soul into a very clear, distinct, well-defined, focused personality. Right. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I believe in. This is my mission in life. And look out, because here I come. That's third chakra. That's Saturn. And so we know that Marita is going to have a lot of focus on that part of life. Does that make sense, Marita? It, absolutely. Um, we've put together all kinds of projects, all kinds of seminars and workshops, uh, organizing uh, we were challenged to do a Stargate Conclave, <clears throat> which was a national thing here on our farm, and did like 15,000, um, sent out 15,000 invitations. So we have been organizing and putting stuff together uh, my whole life. Uh, I am a musician. That's how I've uh, um, I taught a piano in the university and uh, um, developed some programs for that. So it's... The, and relating, so when you relate it to the music, that makes a whole lot of sense to me too. Mm-hmm. Marita, well, I love, I love that you say you've been doing it your whole life because this is where the mythology comes in to help us round out our understanding. Because in mythology, Saturn is the Roman name for Kronos, who is the Greek version. Kronos is, of course, where we get words like chronicle and chronometer and chronology and so you see that saturn people especially capricorns tend to be in it for the long haul and they're they're not going anywhere in a hurry but they're going all the way you know they're they're pretty much unstoppable and that's the energy of saturn that capricorn embodies so well well i know i've had it in my chart <laughs> did did I hear um another voice pop in a moment ago? Yeah, I was hi hi Johnny, hi Marita Rabbit. I was just gonna say Marita put this program together and I believe this program is going for how long, Marita? I don't know. Somebody told me twenty years, but that we we were on the phone a long while before we were on here and I don't know how long it is. 
Yeah, right. go back See, and it's figure so, it out. So long you can't actually, remember. <laughs> actually, it is 20 years because it was started in 1999. Thank you for reminding me. Okay. <laughs> and what she's doing here is she's orchestrating a round table, which mm-hmm. sounds like uh, like being in charge of the planets, right? <laughs> okay. <I'm just> <laughs> That's great. Well, I love I love the the word that you just used there, orchestrating. Um, when we use words like stability and stamina and orchestrate an institution. We're using that S-T, that sound, which, as it turns out, every word in our language with S-T in it is evocative of the energy of Saturn and the third chakra. <gasps> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Institute. Institution. Institution. Something that lasts a long time something that is stable and able to weather the storms of life. Yeah, unless the institutions are unstable, which is what's going on at the moment. Thank you very much, <laughs> Marita Robert, to orchestrate this back in balance. <laughs> uh, well, she's got the ability, that's for sure, because I can just look at her chart and oh, tell you that. This is Omina. I have a question. Hi, Omina. Say that again. Go ahead. Hi, Almina. Oh. I guess I'm um, I'm trying to understand all this. So you're saying that our chakras respond with the planets? Or is it the the month you're born that corresponds with the planets? No, each and every planet. So we we started with we started with um, Marita's Sun being in Capricorn, the sun itself is the heart chakra, just as Saturn is the third or solar plexus chakra. So each and every planet is symbolic of a chakra. So maybe it would oh, be I helpful for you to start with the uh, first chakra and give people what the planets are for each one of them. Would that be... Uh, appropriate or is that later well i think that's kind of that's kind of spoiling it for them because i I don't want to it's it's really nice to sort of slowly build into it you know and uncover it a piece at a time yeah yeah yes too much is overload (laughs) yeah yeah but uh as uh as you'll find as you if you read it on the book and i'll actually be doing uh, an online class uh, pretty soon here, maybe the 1st of January, maybe the end of December, not sure yet. But I'll be doing this class so anyone can watch it online. Actually, the videos are uh, also available. I, I videoed this this class or this lecture, and so you can download that if you like. It's in the book, of course. But uh, we'll be doing it uh, pretty soon here uh, well, you can let us know, and then we can announce it on on the call here. Yeah, thank you. I will. I will. But um, yeah, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> sorry, it was too many questions. Amina, uh, what was it you asked, Amina? No, no, no. I was just. I'm just trying to visualize 
the, it's the chakras that line up with the planets. So yeah, here's here's a great those, way those, to the visualize right it. To do with our birthdays, right? Well, your birthday shows all the planets where they were, you know, on your birthday, and so yeah, it is a core. It's intimately connected. Your your astrological chart is a basically a picture of the sky taken the instant you were born, and so. Yeah, you're gonna see you're gonna see a moon, you're gonna see a sun, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, all these planets are gonna show up in everyone's chart. But different people have different emphasis on different planets, or in other words, different chakras, or in other words, people are different. And some of us have strengths and talents in this area, and some of us have strengths and talents in a different area, right? We're all a unique blend of these seven energies, and it shows up in your birth chart. Okay. Another another way to picture it, if you like, um, you everyone is familiar with the Star of David, and the saying that goes behind that, "As above, so below." That's actually a rather flat, two-dimensional version of. As without, so within. And so the planets are outside of us illustrating internal dynamics. And astrologers have been saying this forever. When I'm looking at the moon, I'm looking at your emotional nature. When I'm looking at Mercury, I'm looking at your mental nature and so on and so on. Astrologers have been saying this forever. I'm just using word, the word chakra. I'm using the word fifth chakra to talk about your mental nature. I'm using the word sixth chakra to talk about your moon and your intuitive side. I'm talking about, I'm using the word um, heart chakra when I'm looking at your sun. You, you, see, how that, you see how that goes? Um, it's it's no different from any other astrological reading you will get. Uh, I'm simply using the word chakra. And um, by the way, I didn't make this up. I've I was very very happy and pleased to discover a picture uh, from someone else showing uh, a man standing there with the planet symbols inside of his chakras. It was a it was a drawing. And uh, when I discovered it, I was just overjoyed, and I was even more um, stunned and amazed to learn that the picture was actually drawn around 400 years ago by a European. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, when you were describing that, so these chakras are different than in order. Like I was thinking, uh, let me just ask this question. What is the planet for the first chakra? The root chakra is Mars. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Right. <laughs> yeah, so it, there are no straight lines. You know, people... So that's, uh, pe that's bringing in the color because Mars is usually depicted as the red planet. Correct. And you can All look at right. it yourself and see a reddish tint to it. Absolutely. 
So then the second chakra would be kind of what color? Orange, right? That's right. So what planet is that? Well, like I said, I don't want to give it all away, Marita. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to spoil it for the readers, you know. Okay. Or excuse me for the for the listeners. We're we're listening today. Okay, be quiet. <laughs> oh. But yeah, they don't they don't go in a straight line. So if you ever see an astrological chakralogical correspondence where it just goes Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, you can you can bet that it's not going to be nearly as applicable to your life as the system that I'm teaching. And the reason I say that is you can make a case for any order you want. And I've seen um, systems where they have sun, moon, mercury, Venus in order, just like that. And it, it kind of makes sense. Um, what... I'm teaching, however, is a system that is part of our cultural template. And when I say that, what I mean is these seven chakras show up in this order in the first seven of the Ten Commandments of the Bible. They also show up in this same order in the seven Harry Potter books. <laughs> two of the biggest works of literature in the Western world. And almost every work of literature in between those two great ones basically are uh, retelling the same story with these same dynamics and these same energies over and over again. Shakespeare, Grimm's fairy tales, Star Wars, there are common themes and elements. And Harry Potter and the Ten Commandments just hits it right on the money. You know, there, there, there's just no question whatsoever uh, about these seven. And so I, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't make this up. I simply observed the world around me and put the obvious connection together. So where do we go from here, Captain? <laughs> Am I Captain? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, here's what we do. You know, we begin to understand ourselves. You know, the, the wise people say knowledge is power. And learning about yourself. I believe is one of the most empowering things we can do. And we're not learning any of this stuff in school. And we're sure not learning any of this stuff in church. And our parents typically don't know about this or much about this. Our friends don't know much about this. Um, And to my way of thinking, this is the most important information there is for anyone just to start to get in touch with who you are and why you are the way you are and, and what, um, what works best and easiest in your life, what fits, you know. Um, 
I like I like to use chakraology as a, a tool for empowerment. And so I teach this class coast to coast. You know, I, I spend my life driving uh, around all the United States and putting on this lecture, doing workshops, conferences, etc. And as I mentioned, I'll I'll be doing this thing uh, live on uh, on the internet within a, a couple weeks from now too. So yeah, that's my that's my mission. That's what I do. Well, be sure and let me know uh, when that is, and then we can announce it on uh, on a Monday night before you do it. Okay, I will. Uh, Johnny. Yeah. I'm full of questions. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, in the chakra system that I know about, and I know you're relating planets to chakras, but uh, the fourth chakra, the heart chakra, which has three chambers, but it's emerald green. And mm -hmm. you said the sun is related to the fourth chakra, the heart chakra. How does the emerald green uh, go with heart color green go with the sun in the heart well that's a great question you know and and um i've, I've wondered about that for a while myself and what i what i realized is that the sun's energy literally shows up on our planet in the form of leaves <gasps> oh my god <laughs> and that chlorophyll stuff is green. That That's chlorophyll. Right. That is sun energy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. All right. Drink your green drink, everybody. Hurry up. Everybody drink your greens. <laughs> Eat your greens, drink your greens, green, green everywhere. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Straight wow, from the sun. that's wonderful. That's a wonderful. Thank you. That's just making me very happy. I'm going to stop <laughs> talking now. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't stop talking. I got to have some questions. Uh, otherwise, I'll just ramble. Well, we well, sometimes our questions are taking you off course, though. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's all fair game. It's all fair game. So uh, my question would be, this is so mean again, um, how do we apply, apply this to our everyday lives? Well, here's one thing that, uh, that I'm applying right now in my life. Um, because I'm an astrologer, I, I know where all the planets are, you know, pretty much every day I'm paying attention. And I'm able to see when something big is coming and in fact this year uh i've been i've been waiting for this year <laughs> for quite some time because i have something big coming or actually it's, it's, it's come it's happening now and and what that is 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 a pluto transit and so when you know something about pluto uh you you know that the energy that um, you're being asked to work with is the energy of letting go of old baggage, 
letting go of old behaviors, letting go of old energy that you don't need because it's weighing you down. And so when I know this in advance, it's a lot easier for me to respond with grace when something is removed from my life. Right? We all, none of us wants to lose anything or anybody, right? And yet we all lose people. We all lose jobs or opportunities or uh, friends or pets or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so when you, when you get in sync with the wisdom of astrology, which is actually where we get the word consider from. Sider is the, the Greek word for stars, and so to consider is to go with the stars. So when we're being considerate of the universal or cosmic forces and how they're interacting with us, we can respond in sync with them rather than saying, why did this have to happen to me? Why doesn't God love me enough to make my life happy? You know, all these ridiculous things that we say in moments of pain or stress. And it's like, you know, you, life is not easy. Life has ups and it has downs and it has moments where you have to let go of something. Just as there are moments when you experience triumph for no good reason, <laughs> you know, astrology helps us see the, the ups and the downs of life and help us to, to navigate much more smoothly and much more uh, clearly than if we're just feel like we're victims of fate and we have no control over these universal forces. We, did, we may not have control over the forces, but we certainly have control over how we respond to them. Johnny. Yes. <laughs> um, I was just thinking about that sun story and the chlorophyll. Mm -hmm. And um, I learned something from this lady, and she's not here anymore. And But uh, she's a great teacher at the time. But she had me uh, draw a circle on a blank piece of paper and color it green. And then uh, she was teaching me how to use my third eye to see the auras. So I, I, I knew that much. So I looked at it, and on the outside of the circle, it turned orange. Mm. So the complementary color for green is orange. Right. And the second chakra is orange. Uh-huh. And the fourth chakra is green. So... Uh -huh. There's a relationship between the womb space or the creation space mm -hmm. and the light of the sun. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's interchangeable. This is incredible conversation. You are something else. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you for saying so. And besides that, he's a musician, too. 
Yes, I, I was my... going to say orchestrate has an ST in it. And Marita's a musician and she's an orchestrator for per, per, perfecto. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a, this is a, a good point I like to make. And I teach this in my class. It's like you, you take all your favorite bands that you go see or you buy their records or you listen to on the radio and uh, you think they're, they're all got that creative energy going and they do, but what they have to pair with it is that third chakra energy, that stamina and that, that way to shape and institutionalize their, their creativity into an actual band that makes actual songs that creates that records them on actual CDs or albums so that you can actually hear them on you know what I'm saying it's like you yeah. have to tie that physical that manifestation and, and your third chakra is your manifesting chakra by the way um, because it's got power an power in it. <laughs> power so yeah so where does Mercury fit in with the third chakra? Because I know that in the color spectrum, the third chakra is yellow. And most often, Mercury is related to the color yellow for the mental. Is it? In, in what yes. system is that? Well, Mercury has got to do with the thinking. It's got yes. to do with the intelligent mind. Cool. And it's... And, and, and Mercury is also the yellow ray in other teachings. I'm not sure where it fits with the planets. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering where the symbol of Mercury, what chakra is that in? Well, that's the throat chakra. And, oh. and this, is, this is another good point because people just say, oh, yeah, communication. And it, that's, that's so... Um, Incomplete because you see, communication is the end product of thought, and so your throat chakra includes your mind, your logical, rational, conscious mind, and then your expression of the thoughts that are in that mind. And so the third and the fifth. This is this is something else uh, we talked about in the workshop and I talk about in, in the lecture, the third and the fifth are a pair. Just as the second and sixth and first and seventh are a pair, you have a, an upper chakra paired with a lower chakra. And so we look at the example I give in the class of someone who really has a very strong sense of self and a strong sense of mission, which would be third chakra, and pairs that with a, an absolute uh, incredible level of intelligence and of absolute mastery of the English language by which they communicate those thoughts. And that was, of course, Martin Luther King Jr., who illustrated perfectly the pairing of your third chakra with your fifth. And as it turns out, I, and I didn't even realize this at the time, but of course he was a Capricorn. So again, ruled by that third <laughs> chakra planet. Who was a Capricorn? Martin Luther King Jr. Oh. Mm -hmm. Well, now, 
let's just take that on step further. On the other color spectrum, the fifth chakra is the blue ray. Mm -hmm. Right. So now, now there's a relationship between the yellow and the blue. Correct. The third and the fifth. So. Right. What? And if you mix yellow and blue on your on your paint palette, you'll get green, which is the color that the green chakra, the heart chakra, which lies right between the second or right yeah. between the third and the fifth. So, very awesome. So. Is the symbol for the throat chakra for the plant for the planet? Is it Venus? The symbol is Mercury. Mercury looks just like Venus, but it's, it's Venus with a pair of horns on the top of his head. Oh, so in, yeah. It, it's it's got the like the cross at the bottom and the circle at the top, just like Venus. But then it has an extra. Oh yeah, I see those horns. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and in fact, I say horns, but, but another way to look at those three symbols, the, the, the crescent moon rather than horns, the circle of the sun is the circle, and the cross, m many of you may or may not know, but the cross is the symbol for the earth. And so with Mercury, you've got the earth, you've got the sun, you've got the moon. Uh, is it a Celtic cross that you're talking about? Any cross is, is in, in astrological symbolism and planetary symbolism. The cross with the circle around it, it represents the earth. Usually when the cross is in a circle, it's a Celtic cross. Well, this, this, this symbol encompasses the entire cross, whereas the... The Celtic cross, I believe, the circle is inside of, or, you know, it, it touches in the middle of the lines of the cross, right? Whereas the, the symbol for the earth goes to the tips of the cross. That's the difference. Now, we have Lynn Mystic Healer on line one. Lynn Mystic Healer. Okay. Lynn, what's your question? Actually, it's sort of a comment that I was just guided. I've just got to say something about this. Um, I've been doing healing art since 1975, and I do soul activation processing, and I just have to let people know, no one's chakra system is the same color ever at all. It even changes in different situations every day, and it goes out to the chi energy lines, and it's a whole different... I just had, I just had to let you know, no one's chakra system is the same color at all, ever. I just had to get that in there. Sorry. I just had to bring that comment to truth. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and I'm not really talking about the colors of people's chakras. I'm talking about the symbolism that's tied in with each of these colors. Mm -hmm. Right? So, like, the sim you ask about the color green and the heart chakra. Well, that's symbolic of the sun's energy in living things on the planet that's green you know mm -hmm. the, the symbol is the, the color saturn the excuse me the color yellow <laughs> um is very fitting with the color saturn because for a couple of reasons but but one is um it's it it corresponds with power you know and, and saturn and capricorn are sort of like the the earthly powers i'll give you an example um, there's a, a grocery chain 
in Texas, that where I'm from, and they have um, all their cashiers wear red shirts, you know, red brute chakra. They're dealing with money, and all their management wears blue shirts. You know, they're they're the mercurial type. They're 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 you know smarter or paying more attention. You know, they're and then they have these old guys that stand around doing nothing wearing yellow shirts. <laughs> And these guys, they're like the old retired guys, and their their job is just to stand there and look important and make you feel like, you know, like, you know, make you feel uh, taken care of. It's it's really interesting how the, those colors play out in the grocery store. Um, another example of the yellow color um um, if you remember the Tour de France, the leader, uh, the leader of the pack wears the yellow jersey. In fact, in France right now, they're having, they've been having this uh, uprising of the yellow shirts. These are the older, more traditional people, and wanting, you know, excuse me, they're they're in rebellion against the younger uh, president's ideas. So you see where the, the you know, Saturn is, is the old man or the crone, the wise old woman, the wise old man. It comes with time and experience. And so you see the yellow color is being worn by people who are embodying these energies. Does that make sense? I was going to say what Macron is doing in that place is he's trying to reform their pension fund and take it away, basically, from them. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what the details are, but but on the symbolic level, he is the young upstart, and they are the old timers. You know, so there's there's this clash between the young and the and the old, and of course they're going yeah. to wear yellow shirts. And in terms of him being a new member, too, of the G7 or G8, or whatever you want to call it now, they don't want to talk about Russia anymore. But um, he is a very upstarty kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> he is. And, yeah, wow. Um, but I see so many young people in the streets. There's vast a lot, amount of young people in the Yellow Vest movement, too. Pretty violent, not the people, but the police. Mm-hmm. They're trying to force things. Ah, so okay, so let's go on to the next one. Mm-hmm. What's the next one? Do you have a question? No, I no. I was thinking, so we get through all the chakras. Okay, which uh, which one do you want to talk about next? Well, do we want to just keep going up from from the root up uh, in order? Well, okay. Here's the here's the interesting color scheme for you, um, and maybe your um, listeners are familiar with the idea that um, the three main Western religions are highly patriarchal and part of that energy is to um part of that energy works to keep the feminine 
um, suppressed. Or su suppressed. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so it's interesting because obviously the second chakra is, is a very feminine chakra, right? You got your, your womb is located at that area in your body. And so what I found interesting, I actually um, wandered into, I saw this Catholic store. And I thought, well, I'm going to go in there and check it out. And I was not raised Catholic, so I don't, I don't know any of the details of, of this or that. But I was looking around, and they had all these different colored robes that the priest could, it's a store where priests went to buy their robes and their rosary beads and their other paraphernalia. And uh, they had black robes and they had red robes and they had white robes and they even had yellow robes and they had green robes and they had red robes. And I, I was like looking at uh, purple robes. I was looking at all these robes and I looked around and I asked the, uh, I asked the clerk, I said, you have all these different colored robes, but there's no orange robes. Are y'all just sold out of orange robes, or do they not have any? He's like, no, I've never seen an orange robe. So the Catholic priest will not wear orange. They'll wear all the other colors in the chakra spectrum, not orange. And there's your, your orange chakra, if you will, down there. So Why you're talking you're talking about the dominance of the masculine over the feminine in the church, right? Absolutely. And it it is <laughs> symbolized in the colors they choose as well as in their dogma and their practices. It's also uh interesting in the work I do with the <clears throat> transformational clearing, the second chakra we refer like that's where uh, you get all your tribal stuff where uh, you would uh, decide uh, who you were or how you fit into the spectrum of, uh, and we just say, well, you know, that's uh, where, where you get sometimes crippled in terms of your, your psyche or whatever, uh, because you were always told as a child a certain thing, which really wasn't the truth, but that's, that's what you believed or whatever. And so that's uh, when we think of the feminine, we think of that maybe as shaping um, the belief system there too. Mm -hmm. And if I could jump in again, I was just thinking of this, the color orange in terms of its meaning is builder of form. That's where babies are formed. And it's also courage. That's an interesting thing to think about. In terms of being very feminine. In other words, to take a move of receiving love, the ability to receive love, that takes a lot of courage amongst a male-dominant society, we might say. <laughs> right. Yeah, and to raise a child... You know, in the feminine way, that would be uh, something that would be a challenge to the hierarchy, to say the least. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, so let's see. Um, we haven't talked about the crown chakra yet. I'll talk about that for a second here. Um, the crown chakra is, um, you know, my definition is it's our connection to everything that is a part of our life that you can't touch, taste, see, smell, or hear, right? But like love, for example, or intuition, um, there, there's many things that we cannot see physically, and yet we are aware they're a, a big factor in our life. So your crown chakra is that connection to the unseen side of life. What else did I want to say about that? <laughs> well, I was just—I was going to ask Danny. Then, like you're talking about three invisible uh, planets, you might say. You know, go beyond Saturn, right? Yes. Uran—what uh, is that? Uh, Uranus, Neptune, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. And Pluto. Yeah. So, are those above the crown? That's exactly where I would put them. Exactly. So those outer planets are connecting us. There's something, another teaching, where there's nine stars above the crown chakra, mm -hmm. going up to 16. So um, what they're talking about is these higher levels of consciousness being opened and being facilitated and that crown chakra is the access point exactly exactly yeah wow <laughs> this is very much fun yeah Yeah, so we didn't finish all the chakras. Let's go back to Marita. She was curious. I don't know if you want to share that. <laughs> she has a talking stick. I don't care. I mean, what, whatever. Well, y'all got the questions. I'll I'll do the talking. Just tell me, <laughs> tell me where where to direct the conversation next. Well, what I heard Tara say was she was thinking that we were just going up through all the chakras and she was asked, what I heard her say was asking um, maybe how that related to what the chart you were looking at. I don't know what, what it was she was asking. Hmm. Well, basically, I'll, 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 not knowing the question, I'll answer <laughs> the best I can. Um you know, when I'm looking at Mars in your chart, I'm seeing your root chakra. And so what I do, what any astrologer does, is he looks at the different planets that are connecting to your Mars. And so, for example, you know, Marita, I'm looking at your chart right now, and I can see a connection with Neptune. And so we, we would know then that there is a, a spiritual um, 
quality to your root chakra so that you would have uh, a connection between your work, you know, Mars, Mars and the root chakra really boil down to work because we work to make money to pay for food, clothing, and shelter to stay on the planet. So your, your work is going to have to have a strong spiritual component. Otherwise, you're not going to be living the life you were intended and you will probably not meet with much success. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what you do. You know, you, you, you read the chart um, just like any other astrologer would. It's just having an extra depth of meaning because we're talking about chakras. It just helps expand that conversation. Um, it just, it just rounds it out, makes it a little more full. Anybody else on the panel here have a question or, or we'll just, maybe we should just be quiet and let you finish <laughs> going, going through the, your, uh, your routine. Well, no, uh, I do have a question. Um, how, you know, you've been, in, you've been, in, been on this adventure for a while. How, when did you first seed yourself into these thinking thoughts? When did I? <laughs> Meaning, sure when I did this bright idea come to you and you started to develop it? Oh, well, 2011 was, um, was when this began. Okay, that's a pretty good timing period of year. I was just going to say, um, as you developed more and more, you know, and build more of this, you know, ahas into this creative uh, chakraology, chakraology. Um, I mean, you were interrelating with existing systems, I think, to give the whole thing a whole new perspective, right? Yeah, everything... Yeah, I'm not doing anything new. Uh, I haven't. I didn't make up any of this stuff. <laughs> the the perspective might be slightly unique, uh, but yeah, I definitely use existing systems of astrology and chocolate. Right. But I think the really important part is the fact that you've you've gone back to the ancient stuff and the uh, the religious stuff and all of the uh, um, connecting it, and it's like connecting the dots showing us that these things are all related if you understand uh, maybe the deeper meaning, the spiritual meaning, or uh, the uh, uh, what has become the standard or, or uh, the accepted way of looking at things. So you've, uh, you say you didn't learn do anything new. What you did was take the existing things and uh, form it into a new... Uh, new structure so that it's more relatable to people, more understandable and and maybe easier. Um, you know, sometimes we look at astrology and we think, oh, it's, it's got so much stuff. I can't, I just can't deal with it. I've heard a lot of people say that. But 
as we went through this class, it was um, it was relatable or, or it's kind of like when you have something that you, you build on and then you add the next thing, you understand the next thing better because you already had a foundation under it. And I think that's what you, by taking all the ancient stuff and seeing how the planets and how all of the colors and all the chakras and everything relates to each other, I think you, yes, you didn't, do anything new but you really have you have structured it in a way that's meaningful to us in the time we're living in well thank you that was my goal and um, you know it's, it's uh, I think Bill Moyers once said the problem with Christianity is that the story is 2,000 years old and has not been updated yet <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, I I read the Bible symbolically and metaphorically, and and I read the the encoded information, such as the the seven chakras uh, being represented by the first seven of the Ten Commandments. It's just like, holy cow! There's there's some really cool stuff in there if you know what to look for, and if you're not being dogmatic about it. Um. So yeah, I, I really like the idea of of sort of bringing ancient wisdom up to date. You know, I haven't changed it one iota, but I'm packaging it in a way that maybe hasn't been packaged before. Yeah, because I was going to say that there are new things being discovered already all over the place in the heavens and things that we didn't know existed you know, and um, there's a, a study, it's called Esoteric Astronomy. And I think that what you're doing is relating that to what you're doing. Because you're giving a foundational, like, we are the stars. We are those planets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a great uh, book written by Caroline Casey called Making the Gods Work for You. And you, you actually imagine the god Mars or the goddess Venus inside of you. And, and you put them to work because you call the shots, you know. But yeah, we, we are. That, I mean, that's, that's what mythology was written for, to show us the dynamics of human beings and to own them to realize that they live through us. That's true. In other words, it wouldn't exist if we didn't make it so. Mm-hmm. That's why we took on human form. Isn't that the truth? I believe so. <gasps> Johnny, what, what about um, uh, telling people if they... Uh, how if they would like to have a reading with you um, to how to reach you for that um, and yeah. uh, your, all your contact information and maybe again we want to talk about the uh, the chakra book that you've written uh, the mythology so uh, why sure. don't you give some of that so that people can find you and learn more okay well if you like a reading or if you'd like to talk to me, to me about anything you can email me info at chakraology.org and that's 
just like it sounds, C-H-A-K-R-A-O-L-O-G-Y, chakraology.org. Um, you can, you know, you can check out my um, book. You, or you can also get a link to download the, the two-hour, actually it's an hour and a half video of the, of the lecture um, or just see what my tour schedule might be. You can just go to my website, chakraology.org. Um, and, another, and the, and the oh, seminar that you're going to be doing online here, um, is that going to be posted on your website? Or you might give the well, dates of that if you have that information. Yeah. yeah. I haven't set the date yet, but we'll post that on the website. And I also post a lot on Facebook. So I, will, I have a, a Facebook page for Chakraology. And you can uh, see uh, cool little pearls of wisdom uh, that, I, that I glean from other people and, and throw up on my page there, as well as my events. Here's, here's a pearl of wisdom, speaking of the third chakra. A, a pearl of wisdom I got from a friend off of Facebook just last week. It said, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And it's like, that's that Saturn energy. You've only got so much time and energy to spend. So you can do everything, but you have to pick one or a few things. So yeah, you, you get cool little blurbs like that uh, on my Facebook page. But um, the, like I said, the book is available on Amazon, uh, on Kindle. And if you go to my website, you can just uh, buy one through PayPal, and I will mail you one personally. So I was contemplating what you said. You can do anything, yet you can't do everything. Yeah. And then how does that fit with um, we are everything and nothing at all? <laughs> well, that's a pretty deep question <laughs> you know it's like that that speaks to that speaks to the duality of our existence being being spirit and matter you know and uh, and how the spirit spirit is everything you know everything um, starts on the spiritual plane um and, and then, Annie, the reason I asked that question is because um, the Sarva Law is something we're talking about here is coming to fruition very soon. It's going to replace this um, falling apart, uh, quite unstable pile of institutions that we got around here. <laughs> and, um, and there are over 60,000 new technologies that they have been suppressing from all of the people for over 60 years. Yeah. And in the medical profession, they've actually crossed this barrier where uh, it's not Dr. Riggiero, as he's called, his name is. And he's got a therapy that can uh, clear up all the situations on all the levels of the body and the 
and 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 bring in these higher energies so that immortality exactly has been proven to be able to have a grasp on right now wow so that all of these teachings take that into mind so that question i just asked i think is relevant to how that plays out in terms of uh because we're no longer in the Kali Yuga, although a lot of the different timelines that people are saying it, we're not in the Kali, we're not out of the Kali Yuga forever, you know. And but the timelines are are changing because of what's happening is that intervention is happening, and that doesn't happen very often. The last time it happened was twenty six thousand eight hundred and twenty six years ago, a Yuga ago. But we're coming into this golden age of Aquarius and, you know, Divine Mother is intervening, which is what we're talking about here when you talked about the orange in the second Mm -hmm. chakra. And so we're birthing a new consciousness as a whole people. In other words, there isn't anything going on here except love. And it's the first time on a planetary scale that we're doing this in world group service. It really is. And, um, of course, it looks like, what are you talking about? It looks like death over ten times on the planet. It's because as the king of swords, that's another person in the Nasara place that's cold. But um, three Saturdays this coming Saturday ago, he said... The global matrix is completely collapsed. And so he Mm. said, what we're looking at is the illusion of the end of the Kali Yuga, still trying, struggling to stay in place, which is the fallen angelic part of ourselves since there's only one of us here. And that's a good thing to know because there's no such thing as separation. We're all one. The good, bad, and the ugly, as they say, but um, that—that's that part of the fallen angelic presence that are still, which has got to do with money, greed, power, avarice, all the all the vices, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they want to stay in place because feed me, feed me, feed me, and I'm having fun here, you know, fun? What? <laughs> and um, so this new this new setting is based on the divine feminine. We are get completely leaving this old dominant male pyramid structure uh, of power. Everybody crawling over everybody else trying to get to the top of the pyramid. You know, Ponzi schemes are a good sample of that. All for money? What happened to love? You know? And so I'm saying we're going to that circle We're going to that sphere, harmony of the spheres. And I think what you're teaching here is about that. In other words, that power chakra is not working for money. It's working for harmony of the spheres. And that's divine feminine energy. That's the circle of love. And I think that's what really is what we're all talking about in every way possible that we can come up with. And thank you for your infinite perseverance 
I don't know what your chart looks like. Can you tell us a little bit about? That? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that would be that would be giving it away. <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, what, I'll tell you one thing about my chart. I have. I do have some strong Aries energy. I have some strong Venus energy. So those are two of the two of the primary things in my in my chart. I thank you for sharing that with us. Now you're initiator. You're initiator of new of new form. Yeah, that's the Aries energy, I would say. Right. Yeah. Well, we have certainly enjoyed having you here and uh, keep us informed about uh, um, you can let me know. I know I can look on the website, but remind me uh, of your travels. Uh, I know you drive all over the country uh, helping people to understand this. And um, and then, of course, you are always welcome to come back here uh, and we could we could spend another hour and not get through everything that you uh, <laughs> shared with us. I mean, you've you just have a, a wealth of of um, research into the ancient stuff and how it relates to us now. And I think that's the relevance of what you're teaching. So it makes all of this uh, astrology stuff, which people think is ancient and and hard to understand it makes it relatable and I think that was uh, what I got from it uh, when we had the, the workshop in the at the conference so mm -hmm. anything well, else you. as far as um, we gave people the website um, the name of the book is chakras mythology and astrological symbolic symbolism yeah. um, what else do we need to leave people with here tonight? Mm. Just, just please come back. You're not done. Okay, I'll come back. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Anything else yeah. that you want to add to this uh, before we sign off here? I think we're good. All right. Well, we are so grateful that you've uh, shared your time and energy, insights and wisdom, and we'll look forward to... Uh, uh, having you back and for the rest of you we'll see you all next Thursday night so yes. blessings on your way or Marita. on your day as we complete Marita. this day yes can you repeat the name of that book again chakras mythology and astrological symbolism chakras mythology and astrological thank you and, and it's Johnny Barnett Is that yeah. what a B or a V? B as in boy. Okay. And two T's at the end, right? That's yes. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Anybody thank else you with a question? Or... Well, we thank you so much, and we'll see you all. I'll see you another time. And we thank all of our listeners for being here. We'll see you all next week. So, yes. good night, all. Good night, Omita. Good night. See you next week, right? Yes. Oh, good. Welcome home. Thank you. Namaste. Bye. Good night. Good night. Music maestro, please.